this time next year. Written and read by Liz Hines. 14th of June, Saturday, 9.30am. Chloe is home for the weekend. Her results are out next Thursday and she has not sat still since she arrived yesterday evening. I have suggested that we go shopping to take her mind off things. I will treat us both. She needs new jeans and I could do with some sandals. I've noticed that last year's mm, four-year-old sandals are starting to split. After shopping. I'm a fool. I thought jeans were jeans were jeans. How wrong could I be? Each pair I picked out, Chloe turned up her nose. Too dark, too faded, too narrow, too baggy, too last year, wrong designer. Seemed the only thing they couldn't be was too expensive. How much? Only 75. Pounds? They're reduced. They're normally 120. Honest, Mum, it's a bargain. I found it hard to concentrate on sandals after that, but in the fourth shoe shop I found the perfect ones. It was busy, and the assistants hadn't got round to putting all the shoes away when I spotted my ideal sandal all by itself on the floor next to my seat. I picked it up and turned it over. It was even the right size. I slipped it on. It was perfect. Look, Chloe, what do you think of this? Oh, nice. Yes, see if you can find an assistant to get the other one for me. Uh, excuse me, a woman interrupted us. That's my shoe you're wearing. I looked down at her feet. Oh, you've got the other one. I was just going to ask an assistant for it. Uh, no, they're my sandals. <laughs> I'm sure they'll have another pair. We don't have to fight. No, you don't understand. They really are mine. No, they're not yours. Not until you paid for them. Now let's get an assistant to sort this out. Look, these sandals are mine. She went to grab my foot, and I was about to remonstrate further when Chloe hissed, Mum! The sandals belong to this lady. They're not for sale. We left the shop speedily. I asked Chloe if it would be okay for me to go back in and ask the woman where she'd bought them, but she grabbed my arm and led me down the street. In Costa Coffee, I bemoaned the downturn in my mental capacity to Chloe. It was like a switch being switched off. Chunk, that's it. You've had your share of brain power and memory. Only so much to go round, and there are others who need it now. I sighed. They told me that my flesh would give up its fight with gravity, but they didn't say my brain would fly out of the window too. What are you talking about, Mum? Well, it's obvious, isn't it? Since turning 50, I've become completely dippy. Mum, she patted my hand. You've always been dippy. It's one of your more endearing qualities. Why do my children have this impression of me? I've always tried to be the perfect mother, like Marmy in Little Women. Admittedly, I can't sew, and visiting sick orphans is not high on my list of things to do, but I've tried my best. Now it appears that my mask has been seen through, and my true self revealed. But at least it is regarded as an endearing thing. By Chloe, anyway. I don't know if young Mr Davis would agree. I didn't buy us anything for dinner, as I thought Chloe and I could have a girls' night in. We haven't had one for ages. But when I suggested takeaway and video, she said, Oh, didn't I tell you, Mum, I'm going out with Dad tonight. He and Gina are taking me to that new posh place by the town hall. Oh, you didn't mention it. I'm sure I did. You don't mind, do you? 
<laughs> no, no, of course not. You go and enjoy yourself. It wasn't worth getting a takeaway in video for one, so I made myself a cheese sandwich before settling down to watch Casualty. Later. Now I remember why it is that I never watch Casualty. Tonight's episode was about a nine-month pregnant woman pulled out of a car wreckage. The accident happened when she was on her way to the station to collect her husband who had been working abroad for the last three months. Result? Baby saved, mother lost, another box of tissue emptied. 19th of June, Thursday. Chloe phoned. She got a 2-1. I feel incredibly proud of my beautiful and talented daughter. When I stopped crying, I called Mum to tell her. Hi Mum, just wanted to let you know that Chloe's had her results. She got a 2-1. A 2? No, a 2-1. 2-1? You mean she got 21? No Mum, she got a... Oh, it just means she'd passed very well. Well, why didn't you say that to begin with? I knew she would. She's always been a bright little thing. Takes after her father. I would have argued with her, but I suspect it's true. I don't need my own mother to tell me that, though. She at least should be on my side. Then again, she knows me better than anyone. 25th of June, Wednesday, 1.35pm. Smart Arse was early again. I bet he does it on purpose to catch me out. But I was ready for him this time. I handed him coffee, milk, no sugar, before he'd had time to hang up his coat. I was determined to show him what I'm really like, so when the phone rang, I answered it in my absolute best telephone manner. Good morning, Davis and Davis, financial advisors. How may I help you this fine morning? Hello, it's me. Hello. How are you? Oh, fine, thank you. And you? I didn't recognise the voice, but she obviously knew me, so I played for time. Oh, not too bad. And how's the family? Uh, they're well. What about yours? Well, his lordship hasn't been that good, you know. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that, whoever he is. Mustn't grumble, really. At our age, you can't say much, can you, when bits stop working? Uh, no, I suppose not. Now, I know I shouldn't phone you at work, so I'll be quick. I wanted to invite you round for a meal. A meal? It's been so long since we've seen each other. Um, remind me, when did we last see each other? Ah, uh, it must have been at Ted and Alice's ruby wedding party. I paused. I don't think I know a Ted and Alice. Don't be silly, we were sitting at the same table. Were we? Yes. What is the matter with you today, Muriel? You don't seem with it at all. Muriel? Really, Muriel, dear, you must pull yourself together. I'm not Muriel. What do you mean you're not Muriel? Who are you then? I'm Alison. I don't know anyone called Alison. No, I didn't think I knew you. One moment I'll hand you over to Muriel. I, I don't suppose the invitation for a meal is still open now, is it? Of course not. Are you mad? Smart Arse disappeared behind his newspaper, but not before I'd seen what looked suspiciously like a smirk. Doesn't he know it's rude to listen in to other people's conversations? It confirms my opinion of him. I couldn't help noticing, though, that Smart Arse's shirts are very well ironed. This means that either he's married, he has a girlfriend who does his ironing, he's single and good at ironing, or he's single and rich enough to use an ironing service. So statistically, the chances of him being unattached are... I have absolutely no idea. Not that it's important. 
It would only be important if a female were interested in him as more than an acquaintance, and I'm not. Not at all. He is insufferable. The way his hair just crinkles over the top of his collar might be appealing to some women, but not to me. 26th of June, Thursday. I am good for my age. It's official. I've been told by both the dentist and optician. Despite getting long in the tooth, I'm pleased to report that my teeth and eyesight are okay. Apart from needing a tiny filling and a slightly stronger pair of glasses, that aside, my teeth and eyesight have not deteriorated more than would be expected. Thinking about it, I seem to recall that both dentist and optician added quite before the good. Still, that's not a disaster. That is quite good. I can live with that. At least I'm not bad for my age. I would probably be incontinent as well if I were. The nurse called me in to see the dentist just as I was engrossed in a fascinating article about your best friend. According to the article, forget dogs, a woman's best friend is her best friend, i.e. another woman. A woman's best friend is her life support. She lifts you up when you are down, confirms that your ex is a total cad, and in every way is there for your benefit. In return, all she asks is that you do the same for her. I was tempted to tear the article out so I could show it to Bev and Pippa. I'm not sure they're living up to the ideal. 28th of June, Saturday. It's Mum's birthday next weekend and it's my turn to host the celebrations. Last year, we all went round to Jeff and Trisha's for a spectacular dinner party complete with silver candelabra and white linen tablecloth. Which reminds me, did I ever collect Trisha's tablecloth from the dry cleaners? I had to take it there after Adam spilled his red wine. I have a horrible feeling I didn't. That would explain why she was a bit iffy with me last Christmas. No, actually, she's always a bit iffy with me. I can't compete with smoked salmon canapes and tiramisu, so perhaps I should take everyone out for a meal. But that would look as though I can't cope without Brian, and would be hideously expensive. Later. Adam is a genius. He has suggested having a barbecue to celebrate Grandma's birthday. He assures me he is expert at cooking sausages and burgers. When I said I thought our guests would prefer something more sophisticated, Adam said that was no problem. Burger, steak, no difference, he shrugged nonchalantly. Anyway, if he is cooking, he will take the blame if there are problems, and because he is the only and adored grandson, he will be forgiven. This is such a brilliant solution. All I will have to do is marinate the meat and make salads and dessert. I'll check the weather forecast for the weekend and then invite everyone. A little later. According to the seven-day weather forecast, the sun will be shining and the temperature hot. Everyone is able to come, so there will be eight in all. Mum, Dad, Jeff, Tricia, Chloe, Triboy, Adam and me. We only have four garden chairs, so I must ask Pippa if we can borrow hers. And her umbrella, as Mum is sure to want to sit in the shade. Bedtime. I've spent the evening scouring cookery books to plan the menu for the birthday barbecue. I must put on a good show, so we're having spare ribs in spicy sauce, oven cooked, Thai fish in foil, steak creole, chicken wings in Chinese sauce, pork and leek sausages, 
green salad, Greek potato salad, Iranian rice salad, garlic bread, French bread, pavlova and red berry compote. Not even Tricia, the hostess with the mostess, could do better. Not that I resent my sister-in-law. I don't at all. Not even the way she manages to look down upon me from all of her four foot six. 29th of June, Sunday. I've spent the day in the garden, mowing the lawn, weeding the flower beds, sweeping the patio and scrubbing the table, which came up remarkably well, apart from the bits that have ingrained bird poo. I understand now why Brian used to store the table in the garage over the winter. I also discovered that one of our four chairs is broken, so I need to borrow five. Adam asked if he can invite Sophie to the barbecue. Sophie? Yes. Sophie? Yes, yeah, Sophie. Who's Sophie? He shrugged. She's just his girl. Uh, a girlfriend type of girl? He shrugged again. Yes, of course you can. I look forward to meeting her. Oh, you won't make a fuss, will you, Mum? Me? Make a fuss? Of course not. What do you think I am? Later. I phoned Chloe. She knows all about Sophie. Adam has been keen on her for ages, but they've only been going out for a couple of weeks. Two weeks and no one told me. I expect Adam would have done soon. Anyway, he's bringing her to the barbecue, so you'll meet her then. Yes, but got to go now, Mum. I'm on duty at the women's shelter tonight. See you Friday. Bye. Bye, darling. My children's lives are going on without me. They don't need my help anymore. It seems only yesterday that I was up to my elbows in baby poo, not bird poo. You won't say anything like that when Sophie's here, will you, Mum? Adam was at my shoulder. Like what? Anything about baby poo? Did I say that aloud? Yeah. Oh. So you won't, will you? I looked at him. He was the image of his father. I promise you, Adam, I will try my very best not to embarrass you. But judging by recent experience, it could prove to be a hard promise to keep.